When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strictly Anonymous, me and Cartoon Therapy. If you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show where I give total strangers my unprofessional advice. I listen to people talk about their naughty lives or secret lives, their dirty lives. <laughs> um, if you want to be on the show, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Uh, I'm starting to reach out to the guests that I've had on the past year or so, uh, looking for the updates. Uh, it's time for the where are they now um, episodes. And sometimes I have so much or someone has so much to update that we do a whole episode with them. And that's what happened with this guy, Marco. Marco called in in 2017, actually. His episode, his first episode is 198. Uh, Christian Marco just realized he's gay. He was married, uh, realized he was gay and came out to his wife. Um, and since we spoke in September, a lot of shit went down. This was a guy that back when we spoke originally, he had never been with a guy, but he had just told his wife that he was gay and he was going to, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do there. So uh, he calls in to talk about what they actually did, where they're at now, how she sort of uh, reacted to things and what she did. It's fucked up. You got to listen. Um, and uh, how what's been going on with him with guys since he came out? Because when we spoke, I think I said this already, that he had never been with a guy. Now he's been with a lot of guys. And we talk about the stuff that he's into the stuff that he didn't realize he'd be into that he's into, what turns him on, what turns him off, how he feels about the gay community, as well as like a lot of other kind of difficult things that came up for him uh, when he sort of came to terms or came out fully as a gay person um, and what he's been struggling. And it's really interesting to hear that kind of stuff because I think that's like the real stuff that maybe some people could relate to that people don't really realize could be happening to somebody that finally in midlife I mean this guy's like 30 something years old and he's just finally being who he's always wanting to be and it's not like perfect you know he's struggling um even though he did the right thing and I think it's you know interesting to see that how that has played out for him and what he's going through because that's like real life shit you know what I mean so anyway I'm gonna be right back on with Marco do you have a story lifestyle or situation you can't talk about to anyone to anyone 
Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, hey, Marco. Welcome back to the Strictly Anonymous podcast of the Where Are They Now? episodes. <laughs> um, so you called in in September of 2017, right? But all of your updates and the stuff that happened in your marriage went down like probably like six months after we spoke, right? And when we spoke, I'll give the quick backstory. You were like, I mean, the title of your episode was what? Like married Marco, Christian married Marco, just found out he's gay or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You had always uh, thought you were bi, but while you were married and when your wife was like pregnant with your third kid, uh, you realized you came to the realization that you were like gay. You had never at that point had any sort of sexual relationships with guys. Right. But you decided to tell your girl. I remember the most fucked up thing of that whole episode was a the timing of telling her and b. The way you told her, like, first of all, you told her when she's like three months pregnant. Second of all, didn't you tell her while you were like flying on a plane and like about to take off? And like, oh, by the way, this and like texted it to her. And then you were like not avail until you got to 30,000 feet. Isn't that what happened? Yeah, at least I don't have to worry about being cold because the uh, flames from hell are coming to get me. <laughs> that was so selfish and terrible. But anyway, you threw that <laughs> fucking bomb out there for your poor wife. I would have had a heart attack if I couldn't like... So bad. Yeah, like when you finally reached altitude and you could use your cell, weren't there like 80,000 messages? <laughs> yes. So bad. But guys are so passive. Guys really don't like confrontation with women that they will do all kinds of crazy shit when they need to like have a talk. You know what I mean? It's pretty bad. Very passive yeah, aggressive, sure. but it's a guy thing, I think, because I've had that kind of experience. So anyway, so when I emailed you to see if you had an update, you were like, uh, yeah, I do. Shit went down. So like you had told your wife, right? She kind of flipped out. But last we spoke, right, you were still together. She was having another yep. baby. Like I said, yep. you hadn't been with guys yet. You were just coming to the conclusion that you were gay. Nobody was really told except you told your brother and she told a couple friends and you were like talking through it in therapy but you guys were staying together because you had this baby coming so now why don't you pick it up from there yeah so baby arrived uh thanksgiving evening of 2017 so oh, okay shortly after we spoke exactly so shortly after we spoke and then you know just kind of overall you know we welcome the baby into this world right and then you know so probably like, let around... me ask you this like after because we spoke right after you told her right so, that is correct. Like a couple weeks after I told her. Right. So, you know, by the time, fast forward when your baby was born, it was like a couple months. Now, did you guys just go into like denial mode or was there still issues between you guys? Like was she still freaked out or did she like sweep it under the table because the baby came? She was incredible, to be quite honest. I mean, uh -huh. she and I, you know, definitely talked um, very transparently. Like this wasn't like I was hiding this. Like once I kind of came to that conclusion, mm -hmm. I immediately told her. And again, I'm not trying to get out of the, you know, the flames of hell as to painting the picture that we talked about. But, yeah. you know, it is still fucked up. But you know, that fucked up situation, really making sure that, you know, the communication was as clear as possible. So we actually did go to um, went to a conference, to, you know, just not necessarily try to pray that 
pray the gay way per se, but really right. take a sober look and you know, kind of identify like, okay, now that this is out there, um, is this something that, you know, we can just kind of accept and then move on as a, you know, mixed orientation marriage. And, you know, I kind of just, you know, over time kind of determined in, that that's just not good possible, nor is that fair to her. Right. Now, um, how so did she ways, feel about it? Devastated. No, but I, I mean, mean, no, no, no. But I mean, did she want to stay with you just because of the kids and stuff like that? And did she was like, oh, I'll just accept that you're gay. Like, I mean, or did she not, want not, not part after that? Two? No, she wanted out. She wanted out. Okay. And mm-hmm. I think kind of in reflection and knowing now, I mean, seeing progress she's made, you know, now, now that we are, you know, separated, um, you know, she's made a lot of progress and just you know, emotionally, she's much more, not just even like stable. She's almost flourishing already. And it's just kind of this just amazing thing. Like almost like you took a spear out of her side, you know, she, yeah, I think I back. said that in your guys' podcast. Like, eventually, <laughs> you guys were going to be way happier, you know. So, yeah, and I know it's obvious, duh, but like when you're in the forest, it can be very dark. And right, and, and it doesn't happen. Right, and what I always say is, it's not like the fucking movies. Like, you guys just did it. That didn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? It took time. Like there was the yep. right and lots of conversation, and lots of communication. You know, but I think you guys came out on the other side in a positive way. Or, you know, so just not even because it's not that long since that happened. Right. We're t- looking at it maybe about a year and a half. Right. A year and some change. Um, and that she's doing good and you are. But I, you did say something about her, like outing you on Facebook. Like, what the fuck was that all about? That doesn't seem very, you know, positive. <laughs> I don't know. Or did you ask yeah, her to? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Great question. So, you know, to kind of fill people in, I know one of the things that was using on the first podcast was the timeline of everything. So again, August, you know, kind of 17, I came out September, I was on the podcast and we have the baby, you know, late fall, um, you know, early spring, you know, we kind of determined. So like right around March timeframe, baby was kind of stable. Yeah. You know, just started having some communication issues, um, just around kind of the hope of, you know, kind of the future of our marriage. And so with that, you know, we kind of went ahead and you know, went for the physical separation as well as a concurrent uh, divorce. So, the state that I live, there's a 90 day probationary period. Mm-hmm. And so you file, and then there's a 90 day probationary. So, that takes, um, you know, that takes us out to about June 2018. And June 2018, five month around the country, right? Yeah. So, you know, come July, you know, kind of long story short, you know, kind of, Claimed that you know, great spouses in the world need to also be heard. Mm-hmm. Kind of Pride Month is over. Great spouse need to be aware, and so she posts a few indirectly. I am not straight. Um, that was her story. So, you know, it impacted me in a bunch of different ways. I literally woke up the movie out there called Love Simon. Yeah, I saw that. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, character kind of literally wakes up and has about 50 texts on his phone. Yeah. What the heck? And so, yeah, like it was the first time that I ever had above 70 texts on my phone. And you didn't know? Uh, she didn't give you the warning that she was doing it? No, actually, I picked her up from the airport and helped her, you know, kind of download the kids. She had come back from 
trip. Oh, that I'm plane sh- ride, just like you did it to her on the fucking plane. Planes and I you know, guys are very weird. <laughs> that oh, was probably a trigger for her. She remembered when you texted her on the plane. <laughs> All right, so yeah, she gets off actually- a plane and then she doesn't tell you anything that's going on in her little mind that she's going to fucking out you on Facebook? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, also I'm culpable, like, I, I think in arrears, you know, looking back. I mean, I think one of the things that I did was, and, and it was actually by the guidance of my therapist at the time, which was don't give her information to, as a weapon against you. And so she, at the time, we were physically separated, right? And so she was starting to ask pretty direct questions around, you know, what am I doing? You know, and really what she wanted to say was, like, who am I sleeping with? What am I doing? Am I cheating? You know, I wouldn't even call it cheating, but just, like, you know, I sleeping around, fooling, you know, fooling around and things like that. And, you know, I'm just sitting here trying to pick up the pieces of like the basic administration of a physical separation with, you know, three kids. Yeah. I mean, so, no, I wasn't around doing all this stuff. So it was just kind of ironic. You know, she's asking all these questions. I pretty much was ambiguous in my communication and it kind of just threw her over the edge to. Well, you why know, didn't you tell her flat out? I'm not with fucking anybody. Like I haven't I been did, with anyone. But she, Right. Believe me, right. she thought I was up on, you know, the gay part of the city that you know, we live in, and just right. But you really weren't. I mean, you would tell us. Right? Absolutely <laughs> right. not. No, because to me, I was definitely like, you know, getting back to kind of that Christian style. Like, I have some very deep, you know, kind of in my walk that I think are very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, even just from a sexual performance standpoint, I wanted to finish well so that I could actually have the space to be able to, you know, explore not just in my own time, but also just have a conscious clear to you know, do that and so you know i am you know i had that outing and that and, and we ended up uh, the course was finalized a couple days later actually um but yeah it was just a freaking trip and it's actually impacted me in a bunch of ways professionally it's impacted me actually today um i actually have my boss in town you know performing work for me on behalf of a friend of mine that needed you know work from the business that i'm in um and they kind of disqualified me from participating in the, you know, into the, you know, the work situation because, you know, my, you know, my ex-wife, you know, kind of the, the, the friend of us, you know, participating in this and just, I know I'm being confusing as fuck, but like, no, I can follow you know, it. It's impacting my professional life directly. Because they um, found out and they, they didn't want they like that drama you. or something because. Yeah. And then also to my company was just kind of like, Hey, like the comes first better for us to have an independent you know person in there as opposed to you because you know of just the situation so they said we'd rather have somebody else because of what's going on with you yes okay so people from your work yeah because on facebook you know that's what's fucked up about facebook like you know like because i have people I, I have family members on there and then i have work people that i used to work with that i work with now you know like and then you have your friends and it's like a mixed bag right so it can be very brutal if somebody sort of put something on there for everyone to see because it's like you know what does your work need to know about your fucking you know romantic life it's nobody's fucking business really yeah you know? and that's the problem is it, it it tilted i'm in you know kind of a relational based form of business and mm-hmm. with that um it tipped it tipped the scales right like i probably wouldn't not at work because no need to i believe right. in a, a appropriate separation yeah but it was indirectly impacting Right. Because it was eventually going to get people that I worked with. Um, and so it was just one of those things where it kind of forced my hand to you know, my cards. So I did at the appropriate time. I did that a couple of weeks ago, actually. And you know, everything's been positive. I think her outing me in my family context was actually a huge. 
win for me and again selfishly um because everybody in my family was like what the fuck like she is like off her rocker and they were on your um, side so they, like, they came to me, their support right instantaneously right. rallied around me um that's nice. and then also and then also too it gave me kind of some empowerment to you know have a choice to participate as a you know a co-parent with her um and which i have and so I, i'm pleased to say that you know while although we aren't best friends and i don't think we will ever be quote best friends again ever i mean they're, they're, things like that like from standpoint just i know there are better people out there for me a friendship standpoint that you know will be that way but from a business co-parenting and you know doing highly functioning parenting there's nobody better on the planet to i'm right, stoked that's to great. That's you know great. do that around side of her so that's i guess what i'm trying to articulate is i now have that space of protection that I'm actually able to be a better, you know, co-parent with her. And I think she has seen that, um, already, like I'm much more participatory. I can be who I am and all this stuff. And, you know, one of the other updates is that she's already moved on like pretty quick. And so, you know, she's seeing a person, um, you know, that has kids of his, his own. And so, you know, like he knows what she wants, you know, she's a type A personality and, um, Let me ask you this real too. quick. Did she ever regret outing you on Facebook? Like, did she ever come to you like after she did it, even a couple months later and said like, you know what, that really wasn't cool? Like, you know, or no? No. Interesting. She thought that actually, like the next day she's like, thank you so much for supporting my side of this. Right. She need, Well, was it like a long post sort of talking about how she feels about, I don't really understand. That's so, it's like. Yeah, it was it was talking about like how she felt like she didn't have a voice in the situation because I came out to her and put her in a compromising position. And so her post was really her coming out and saying that, you know what, fuck that. I do have a voice. Right. But couldn't she situation. have the voice with people like that she's talking to in her family? Like it's so weird that people feel like I think it's bullshit in a sense that people think to go to places like that and the, to have a voice, quote unquote. Uh, I, I just don't buy that. I mean, you could have a voice, you know, in other ways, but to sort of out somebody's personal business on a public forum. And I don't know what kind of power you get out of that. I think that's bullshit. I think it's really intriguing. To be quite honest, and I think there, <laughs> that eventually nice she will see. Yeah, you know, it really is because I, I kind of agree with you. Like I understand it to a like a point, but then there's a real fucked up nature behind it, and I think totally. it kind of reveals, you know, kind of one of the underlying fundamental issues we were having. Anyway, even standpoint. if you weren't gay, right? Like absolutely, and um, you know, she would kind of take out her anger on me, and I, again, I hate to, I'm not a victim in this, like right, you know, I. <laughs> And I would never say that, but I think one of the things that is important um, is that she kind of took her opportunity and just went way too far. She went way over the line. Yeah, that's it's like, uh, yeah, I think it's like a little revengeful because, you know, and I think maybe one day she will look back on that and realize that was like the wrong thing to do. She wasn't feeling right. She wanted she had a lot of stuff. She wasn't feeling comfortable with all this information she had. So, you know, to go out and put it on Facebook to uh, like sort of make herself feel better is very wrong. Like I get that she didn't feel right about it and she didn't feel like she had a voice and all those things, but you know, there's other ways to let go and deal with those feelings and work through them. 
you know, and I think you get some kind of instant gratification of putting it out there. But I feel like there's like a revenge in that. And it's not I, I don't think in the long run, it's really the right thing to do. Or is it really helpful, you know, but so maybe she'll come around one day in the future and say, it was like that was wrong. So knee jerk. Kathy, coming from my standpoint, like you got to understand, like I literally was being benevolent and helping her, you know, come off mm-hmm. of a plane after a long trip and, you know, getting the whole family settled in at her place, you know, under her house, under her rules, you know, cause we were physically in different houses and, yeah. you know, it was just really a whiplash that following morning where I literally had my te- my phone literally had blown up and what the heck's going on? And I went onto Facebook and just, I mean, I, I shit a brick. I mean, it was just yeah, absolutely I can incredible. Imagine. That's crazy. So that was definitely like a moment of this year. I mean, looking back, I mean, and again, I think, you know, I'm not writing it off. Like I'm actually working therapy to, you know, allow my anger to fester with that and actually express it appropriately. And so that, that's also been a story of this year is that I'm really hard on, you know, kind of some therapy and professional therapy that's finally starting to get traction. Um, in addition, and problem um, is I, I, I am giving you a lot of data that correlate. I got to be careful, but I had a significant weight loss um, as well, um, 90 pounds. Oh, wow. Um, in a year as well. I think it was mindset and you know, things like that and kind of feel centered for the first time in my Well, I have to say that a lot of times, you know, listen, there's a lot of reasons why somebody could be carrying extra weight, right? There's medical reasons, genetic reasons, you know, but sometimes people are carrying a lot of weight and can't get rid of it because they're, it's like a way of keeping people away from them, you know? So maybe sort of letting go of that big secret and really coming into your own helped you shed that, you know, because you didn't need that sort of like, maybe that weight was like a wall up for you know between everybody and who you really were you know so maybe that really helped to like shed the pounds right yeah absolutely i think that's dialed you know directly in and so you know so that facebook outing happened and the lie the divorce finalizes and you know that's really when things got kind of real right because you know near the end of the kind of finalizing i'd started chatting with were you like on with, Tinder or like where were you chatting? Yeah, so I I had gotten uh, I'd come out to my friends. You know, obviously, post the Facebook, Facebook outing, and, yeah. and a lot of ways, you know, you know, I, that was actually a good thing because I got an immediate network of just people that were like, hey, you know, let's think up now that you have maybe just a little bit more space to be able to do that. And through a mutual friend, I met this guy um, who was very helpful to me just kind of in coming out and things like that. But we also kind of went right into kind of a semi dating relationship that incredible. And so wait, um, did you like hook, was he like the first guy you hooked up with? Oh, so the guy that I ended up hooking up with was well, I came wait, to- that guy you had a romantic relationship with. Did you guys get to any bases? Oh my God. Yeah. So he, you did fool around with that guy, but you fooled I around fooled with someone around before him is what you're saying. I did. Yeah. And that actually, I, I kind of jumped the dark there. Yeah. My first experience with the guy when we go to that, which was, I got to this guy over lunch, local to where I live and good confidant. I knew. Yeah. Um, a, and he had a partner and all this stuff. So I felt really safe, but came out to him, um, over lunch. 
oh, that's incredible. Tell me more. Um, <laughs> and, you know, kind of long story short, I start getting texts from clock that night, like, hey, do you mind if I come over and, you know, all this stuff. And next thing you know, we're naked in bed. And Oh, my God. How was that for so, you? I mean, this is your whole life. I mean, uh, how old are you at this point? It's like in your first having your first experience. I'm in my mid thirties. Yeah, that's amazing. Was it like everything you could have ever imagined, and then some? I think it was both because it was like it was both good and bad. I mean, kind of like wow, like the feel of a man compared to a feel of a woman was definitely a better feeling, no doubt about it. Um, but also too, it's like your first sexual experience. I mean, your brain is running at yeah, you know, thousand yeah. miles a second. So your sexual performance actually, you know, decreases. So like keeping it up and things like that is. You know, I was actually like, running into challenges. But so wait, so what did you do with him? Did you do everything? Uh, I didn't do everything, but I, I think we ended up, you know, having oral and then both you know, him to you and you to him and then mutual yep. masturbation. Okay, interesting. So you don't know what at that point whether you're a top or a bottom. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't until the relationship with that guy that I met through a friend. Okay. And I you know, with that, this guy one of the first things I noticed was you know, after we went out for you know, drinks and went back to my hotel room um the guy you actually and, liked right not the hookup yes yeah that's okay. correct the guy I actually liked like had a, like an eight and a half inch dick i was like oh my god oh like, like a micro ween oh, oh eight and a one. half i thought <laughs> eight and oh, a half huge. Inch. was that a good thing i would think it's i don't know <laughs> at first i was just kind of like holy shit i'm like I'm definitely, you know, I'm not like, I'm not that big. So I, I'm, I would say well, Don't tell me it was long and skinny or was it thick too? It was long and thick. Okay. Oh my God. Well, and so that, then you're just kind of like, okay, well, I'm definitely not a bottom at this point because I'm not shoving that thing in. Right. Um, <laughs> not the first and time. so I was just kind of like, so, you know, we ended up hooking up and again, it was kind of mostly oral and you no know, masturbation. Yeah, but as the relationship progressed, um, one of the things that I unlocked was that, wow, like I just, when you're starting to grind with a man and things get hot and things get a little wet, it's like, I just let that thing slip in and yeah, I took it and it was just <laughs> fucking hot. It was amazing. Oh, you know, what's so um, bad about that because he was like your first big dick in your ass. Like, it's like, you're going to be a size guy all your life. You know what I mean? Like, don't you think? <laughs> You know, I don't know. And so I think like I'm definitely, I would say probably 75% bottom at this point, just in right. regards to like my performance naturally. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely have topped before and it's totally fine. Um, How long did you stay you know, in a but, relationship with that guy? Well, I stayed in that uh, relationship for about four or five months. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I think it was kind of pulling back. Um, did it freak you out addict. when you started to get really close to him or... Like how no, it, it actually freaked me out. Yeah, like it freaked me out when I'm in a, you know, I'm a, I have you know a support group around me, um, and a member of that support group, you know, that hey, you know, you probably shouldn't be in a relationship knowing that you're having serious, you know, issues outside of your relationship personally. Because I was, I mean, as all this stuff's happening, again, right? Like you justify getting like that because literally, again, just contextualize this is that I had never hooked up with a man yeah. put all my cards, you know, or all my chips in the center of the poker table and said, Hey, I'm willing to leave a marriage and three yeah. kids yeah. for this. So why not try it out? Right. I'm going to go validate whether yeah. or not that's right or not. Right. But what was but going on personally of, that was fucked up? Yeah. So I just was having some 
just like internalized homophobia, which is a concept. Interesting. No, but like it's really a, a context of just like, not that I'm afraid of gay or it's afraid of this. It's more of just like you have this life that's kind of like behind closed doors and you kind of pick and choose aspects that turn you on. And that's, that's what you think gay is like. But you literally get thrusted. That whole part of you gets thrust out, vulnerable and transparent. And then it's like you start seeing all these aspects of your life that you were like, "Wow, I did not expect that to, you know, be the case." Like now that I'm out, it's like, you know, I don't necessarily eye to eye with you know, things with the community of like, you know, hooking up with that guy. My first hookup, right? Which right, was a he partner. Had a partner. Yeah. I really struggle with it. Actually, I can't or even hook up with a guy that is in a, a relationship. Right. Um, I just, it's a, it's a, you're more traditional thing. maybe. I mean, I'm just way more right. traditional, mm -hmm. but at the same time too, I'm not necessarily all about like, you know, our marriage and a lot of those right. contexts either. All I'm saying is that, you know, I definitely, that, you know, you are in a, a relationship. Like why would you allow somebody else to come and in my opinion, rob some of the uses that should be shared between two. Right, that's not for you. Mm -hmm. And that is not for me. But I'm but sure there's other gay the men out there that are feel the same way. There are. And actually, I think the key is like for me to just accept that word acceptance is a whole thing because it's just yeah. I want to control everything. Uh -huh. um, but accepting the fact that that exists really reduces my chance to find a mate because it just seems so prevalent within unity. And I think that was a false accusation of me on the community. I think that you know, after listening to your podcast and actually talking with a lot of people, I think you, know, you see and you see these kind of projections on the gay community as a whole that are not necessarily independent of, say, the heterosexual community. Well, there's a lot of men out there that, you know, hook up with women or just complete assholes to women. And it's just I had never been exposed to that. So it's the fact that I was privileged, you know, to this point. And now it's like I have men pursuing me and just starting to see how fucked up and men are as a whole and men <laughs> right. are pigs yeah like it is like you know that's the talking about like the internalized homophobia comes from the fact that like you know you have this kind of perverted life that's behind closed doors you come onto a podcast you admit it then your life gets put on blast and then you're just like there's all these other things like the fact that you find out that men are pigs you know, directly yeah. to your face and you also miss the fact that community and that's not true you know, no, so you right. you're these... just you're just experience what women experience and you know exactly and those that's are things that i'm still uncovering you know day by day and has been very helpful so things like i've gone to my first drag show and gone to my first gay bar even though i don't necessarily want to hang out there but you know but i've also seen good role model i've seen gay fathers that have you know kids yeah very normal actually spent a holiday with some of them you know the holidays and nice to have those role models and that was very soothing to my soul so there's just there's been a lot of healing happened in both good and bad ways but i was definitely suicidal for very much of 2018 kind of out of highs and lows wow. of like you know and those types of things and that really is what getting back to your original question i know you get pissed off at me, kathy how bemoaning my brain is but no i could follow no, it you. is just kind of like you know, it is just kind of one of those things where, you know, I think getting back to why I had to back out of the relationship is I got to take care of myself and stabilize myself and come back. And so it's not really going to be until, you know, the end of around Q1 of 2019. The guy wants to talk to me. I really hurt him, 
you know, pulling out. Um, out of nowhere, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did, but he also knew that I was getting serious, significant help, right? And right. so it was kind of fucked up on this guy's part to say, well, I'm not going to talk to you until this point. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you. Know, fuck Is you, your therapist you know? Christian? My therapist is not Christian right? Okay. at this point. Mm-hmm. But I've completely gone agnostic in that area. Not that I'm not Christian anymore. Like, I'm just saying within therapy, I need very practical therapy um, to just keep me alive. And, you know, I, I'm way beyond that point now where I really, I need help to, like, be alive day to day. Um, but that whole I, suicide thing back and forth, do you feel like you're past that? Or do you think do. that comes to go? Right. I, I, I'm past it, but it's it's shocking how you get back into idea. And so I do want to highlight the fact that I had a very good plan throughout that. So if any of your listeners are going through this, I'll take two seconds to yeah. state that there are some amazing resources out there. Like what? We've all heard of them. Uh, well, there's the first of all, there's the National Suicide Hotline. There's the Trevor Project for Youth under the age of 18, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of fucked up because if you're above the age of 18, you can't you know, Trevor Project will take your call. They'll take your call, but they're going to pass you off onto the hotline, which there's not really specialized people. Right. You know, for that. And so, uh, you know, if anybody out there is listening to this, there is an opportunity for, you know, people above the age of 18 that are struggling with kind of internalized fear feelings, you know, absolutely. There are people out there and including myself, uh, Kathy, if you, somebody I'm more happy to anybody. I'm right. So if anyone that's listening is what you're saying that is going through something. They don't even have to be gay. Right. And coming out like it is anyone that's thinking of suicide, maybe. Or is it more the both? Right. But mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, I would say if you're you know dealing with suicide, the resources first. But I mean, I had like a list of about 10 to 12 people that I would call. Yeah. I'd get on the hotline. I then outreach. And then I think a lot of people may not know this, but uh, any emergency that's local to you will actually admit you or take you in and allow you to choose to sit either in the waiting room while you wait for a therapist to come and arrive or they can actually um the back. And so, oh, you know, I think that's really interesting. Um, now, it's did, kind of a last ditch effort. Right. And so you had, that's what you did sometimes? Did you? I never, no, I never did that because getting through a list of around 10 people on a phone call is pretty call. exhausting. Right. And by about six or seven, your brain's like, okay, I'm stable. Right. Um, it's kind of a hack more than it is. You know, nobody was giving me any keen or sage advice more than it was just like getting me through that moment. Yeah. Just talking it out. Uh huh. Yeah. Just be talking uh, to somebody. I think that's very important. For sure. And so I think I just wanted to make sure that we took a couple minutes to let, you know, people know that while the sex was fucking hot and wild and I'm totally in alignment now with kind of where I need to be. Yeah. And, you know, to answer the the underlying question of was it worth it? Um, I still think that's a quote to be determined, but I do like the prospects. I am hopeful for the future. Um, and in fact, like I, I've been on the apps, things like that. And actually, in fact, I just had a, you know, hookup this morning, you know, before you know, I dropped off the kids. So, I mean, just <laughs> things are wild and crazy and, stuff like that, that I'm not being totally promiscuous. Like I'm being very calculated in it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's wild. It's How just, long ago did amazing. you dump that guy? Uh, I dumped that guy about a month and a half. Too. Right. And he and won't even broke talk my to heart him. because yeah. my, it was my first romance. He always will be. And I, my brain, Kathy did some like seriously romantic things that, I'd never ever believed or thought I would do like when I was kind of in and around where he worked, I was like, I'm going to go stick in because he did not want to talk to me. I was like, I'm, I don't care. I'm just going to go stick in. 
under his windshield and just tell him how much I love him and things like that. Right. And of course, like in the movie, he's going to think that I'm amazing. And then I, you know, immediately as I was having this, I called actually a good friend of mine and he's like, uh, you do that. He's going to think you're crazy or, and you're never going to be able to talk to him again. Right. Um, and so I just thought that was key advice to have good friends. Um, and that actually has been the hardest part of coming out is actually having gay friends because naturally gay friends turn into hookups. So actually having platonic friendships, um, those are the most elusive people to find on Scruff or Grindr or Tinder or any of the apps are friends that can be platonic. And so that would be my highest recommendation to anybody coming out that kind of wants to live a more ethical, uh, you know, you know, homosexual life um, from a gay side. Um really try to chase after friendships which can be difficult but if you set the appropriate boundaries and expectations up front they there are people out there and you uh, found just, some yeah i would say that it's about a hit rate right. um, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a nerd for the numbers uh-huh. you know you get hit up on the apps for about a hundred times and it was, my, my profile is pretty conservative you'll get you know two to three people. and then the problem is you know you'll build a friend base of say 10 you know, you're probably going to naturally hook up with about five of those. So there's five <laughs> of the people who get shoved out of the door. So right now I'm probably three friends. Right, uh, but you have to understand that you, no one meets, even women and straight men, <laughs> no one meets friends on dating apps. Like those are dating apps. You know what I mean? You're going to maybe know, meet right. friends if you go to gay bars, you know what I mean? Or gay parties or gay cruises. You know, like that's where you might meet friends because people are there for a different reason but if you're on an app and you're looking there of course there's a two percent chance of finding a friend because nobody's on there to find a friend that's like it's a just call a dating app like that's just like it's like not the place to look for friends and you can't make the judgment that it's hard to find gay friends when you're trying to find them on an an app where they're thinking that you want to hook up with them if you swipe left or whatever the fuck it is you know what i mean i mean come on I mean, I think that's healthy approach, Kathy. I, I really do. Let me ask you this. Like, you said a friend told you to break up with that guy or somebody counseling you. Like, did you want to break up with him? No, I didn't. So it's a regret. It's a regret. Yeah, why would you listen but, to somebody? What does it matter if you have, like, sometimes it's, like, great to have a relationship in the middle of shit going down. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe it's not right, but, like, you really liked him. He really liked you. Why did yep. that person want you to break up with him? Um... Again, because I was going through, and again, it, I just don't want to, kind of an anonymous thing. I don't want to kind of compensate, but I, pretty significant therapy and the nature of that group therapy, a lot of times they have not necessarily like authoritative, but they actually you know, are able to kind of you give them space to be able to speak into the recovery as well. Yeah. Um, so I was in kind of an addiction group therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they said kind of articulate that, yeah, they always hey, say the first year, year yeah a full exactly. year I know but you don't so have that, to listen you don't have I, to listen I, I I didn't know though until I made the choice <laughs> yeah. and the choice was the wrong choice but right. that's the way I would probably paint that is have you ever regret. told that guy I have but he won't allow me to talk to him. yeah well because he's he you know he's pissed I mean because you just pulled the rug from under him you Ain't know that the truth and things were fine between you and him Yep. But also he needs to recognize that that even the way that I had painted the breakup was the fact that you know, it was part of that you know, therapy group that I need to do this. And so like I circled up with him to try to meet up face to face to be able to follow through and he never provided me that opportunity, which is really fucked up. What do you that, mean? To break up with him in person? 
Well, I want to be able to circle up with him and give him context for why I broke up with him. Well, how did you break and up I with him? Never Please tell me. How on the phone. You... Okay, so you called him up and he said, "Listen, I just want to tell you that my group No, he was he was I was telling him what I was telling him what this person was telling me and yeah. he's like, "Well, you need to make a choice." Yeah. And he got like really pissed off at me oh, and okay, he had yeah. been getting pissed off at me. And so I just said, "You know what? Fuck it. Like, fuck you. I'm done." Like, for cleanliness, if you're going to be this way, yeah, well, I'm you gone. have to understand, you know, there's nothing more vulnerable than opening up your heart to somebody else, right? And so when you are told by that someone else that they have like a team of people sort of like in that person's ear kind of telling them that they should probably not be in this relationship, that's not a real good place to be with somebody. You know what I mean? That would drive someone fucking crazy. He's just waiting for the axe to fall, right? Because, you know, so he just probably was like, fuck you. And you're like, fuck you, you know? And he's probably like, I don't want to deal. Like, I get why he doesn't want to talk to you right now. He's probably pissed, uh, you know? So I would give it some time. Well, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, and I've been yielding to that. And, yeah. you know, I think that's the appropriate the appropriate move i'm i'm able now to work on myself throughout the process and get more experience you know things like that and so you yeah, know maybe, you'll maybe somebody in the, else. catch up in 2019 no i think that's definitely one of the things that we'll have to talk about and see you know what ends up happening because i i will um i have the date on my calendar already out to him when it's okay because he told you know, he, he gave you a date he did yeah he said call me at this time he, he said call me after this or let's check in after right you know, go work on yourself the go fix some shit and then yep. give me a call so he wasn't like writing me off forever yeah. but also at this time it was like way longer than i want well course. because he's smart he knows it doesn't happen overnight two weeks isn't going to make a change but he's giving you some time i you know you gotta that's not so bad yeah but you my know? dick doesn't want that much time off Right. And what about your heart? I mean, do you miss him like in other ways? Oh, I missed him so much. I mean, come on, like There's first fucking romance. They talk people about in your group. Let me tell you something. Like, you know, I, remember <laughs> that just to have your own brain. You know, groups well, and I, addiction stuff is oh, so fucking great yeah. that stuff like that is around and it helps to support you. I'm like someone who quit drinking and I did AA for a certain time, but like you can't, like, I don't know. I don't believe in, like, sort of buying into everything one thing tells you, you know? I mean, if you happen to meet a really great guy at that time, like, whatever, just, like, go with that, you know? And you did, and then you ended it, and that's what it is. But, like, I'd be curious to see what happens when you circle back. And listen, he's not the end-all, be-all. If it's not meant to be, you'll meet somebody else, you know? But it is good that you're you know, sort of dating and you're hooking up with guys. I mean, I remember saying to you on the podcast that I felt so sorry for your wife because I felt like she was the one that was going to go through the trouble with the scenario more. I felt like you were going to be like finally living your life, totally come into your own and having a great time, right? And she was going to be like sort of coming to grips with it, right? But it, it almost seems like you were the one that had the worst situation after coming out. And I think that that makes sense, right? Because of all the things that you said you went through. Um, and she seems to have like sort of, I mean, after her Facebook posts, like she's, you know, doing great. <laughs> but you yeah, will eventually be doing great too. I commend her for that. I mean, I think that's a great read. Kathy, you're reading 
situation well, what you know, said. very articulately. And so I think that, you know, I, I, I think that's a great representation. And, you know, I think it's easier now for me, you know, mentally too, to see her kind of moving on, even if this, you know, person isn't the right one for her long term, like just yeah. to even move on has given me a little bit of the permission of like, I was going to say, yeah, but that but takes like, a weight off your back. I want to support her. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. And so that, that has been something that I've, I am a good guy underneath, even though at the beginning of the call, I do agree with you that the flames of hell are coming. Oh, whatever. Me. Don't worry about that. But no, but, and I do think, because you did say in the beginning that you like, you don't, you find her really great to sort of partner up and co-parent together, but you don't see her as a friend ever. I mean, you don't really know. I think that there's stuff that went down and you guys are still too close to everything to really know whether, you know, 10 years from now, you might wind up to be really great friends. You know, you're still finding yourself, you know, you have, and you have a lot of internal stuff that you're like working through and figuring out, you know, and she is doing the same in her sort of way. So because you're co-parenting, you're not leaving each other's life anytime soon. So, you know, in 10 years, you might be great friends, you know, you don't know. Um, but you know, I think it's great that you're, I mean, you said in your email too, like bipolar, did you say, what was our BPD? Like, what did you, are you labeling yourself? Like, is that what you've come to turn, like figure out that you have? Yeah. Like they're, they're alluding to the fact that I have a borderline personality disorder. Really? And so, How come? Yeah, uh, just because I exemplify, you know, um, traits that a borderline personality disorder person like deals with, which is like not having a solid sense of self. Uh huh. Um, and so I'm working on, you know, building up effective ways to find a self-identity. And the way that you do that is through a thing called dialectical behavioral therapy uh-huh. and called DBT. Yeah, and, DBT, yeah. Mm-hmm. And DBT is one of the things in, there's some great resources for, you know, the gay community. Um, I, again, I don't ascribe to any of these as being kind of, of you know the gay world but there is a book that i think everybody should at least open it's called the velvet rage by alan downs and he's actually a trained dbt therapist the and velvet I, kind of rage ironic. yeah the velvet rage okay and kind of long story short you know he at the beginning he talks about like you know hey very common um people have kind of been twisting their lives and putting their lives in a great world so long that coming to the acceptance they do Oh, they're new. Of course. That's kind of what I fell into. The fact that I used substance hope myself from a very young age, well as buried the part of me. But now that it's out there, you know, literally like of course you get all the titillating, fetishy things that you imagine about being with a guy, but then everything else that comes with living that lifestyle now and you don't really have a sense of self. You have to establish that. Like, yeah. One good example of that, not to turn this into a psychology experiment. No, but, but like, I like that stuff. I like psychology. So, so like, yeah. for example, like one of the things I struggle towards one of my mm-hmm. and I would always flush my anger because at the end of the day, I love that. Right. So I could never allow multiple emotions to coexist. Yeah, I see that a lot so, in people. Like, they can't like be mad at something because they feel like that would be everything. Like you could love your parents, but fucking hate what they did or, you know, and I, and I yes, find that then I what happens, people that. project that onto other people, you know, it's like, if you could just admit yep. that you hate your fucking mom, 
you know, for what she did because she was a cunt at that time, you know, but you could still, then you could, once you process that, you will love her and understand her. She's a human being too with her own stuff and maybe you'll get to the point where you understand why she was that way, you know, but you have to go through that thing of feeling that sort of hatred and I think a lot of people feel like that is so taboo to hate or have any kind of negative feeling with the parent and, and it's a really bad thing because it does I feel like get projected all over the place when it just yep. needs and to so be instead of yeah. hating my parent yeah fucking hating myself and trying to kill myself with substance right right and somebody's going to pick up that tab yeah somebody's going to pick up that, that you know it, it, it it's like charging a credit card every time you do that yeah you know, if you don't allow that feeling to exist of mm-hmm. hatred and anger which yeah. is justified your body's telling you something yeah and you're just like I'm just going to pay it, you know, because I love my parents. Right. But you could love them over and, and over and over. Yeah. Uh-huh. You could. And I see it a lot, especially in men. I don't know why, but, um, or just people in general. I think it is. Um, I never had a problem hating my parents <laughs> and being mad at them <laughs> for the things that they did because it was so blatantly bad. But I feel like in families where it was like undercurrent stuff, you know, and just like yeah. that, it's a lot harder for that child to sort of see things clearly, you know, but yet it's showing up in their life in other ways, you know, and you're like, why can't, and I'm always like, why can't you just understand, like, you fucking hate, like, you know, it's like a, they did a terrible thing, and because I really believe that after you go there and you get really mad and you, like, say, I hate them, whatever, like, what what is beyond that is acceptance, and then you go back yep. and the love is there, you know what I mean, because then, you yep. know, because I got to that place with my parents as well. Because eventually you just, your parents are human beings too with their own backstory and shit that happened to them and their own fucking yeah. shit, you know? So it's just like, but you, if you, but you can't like not go through it the right way. You have to go through the negative feelings you have and just be honest with it. But people are just so afraid of that because they think that that will be forever and it's not forever. There are no fucking shortcuts. You yeah. commit the, if you, if you allow the love, like, and, and it's kind of a fucked up love, like, like the unconditional love side yeah. when in the situation that's like, so you have two emotions, love and hatred. They both should exist in silos and you flush the hatred for that unconditional love. I'm telling you, that's a very toxic situation. And I yeah, did that to myself you can't. for and you so know what they say. And they say that depression, like hardcore depression is just really like a lot of anger pushed down, you know, and pushed down really, really hard you know so it's like if you release that and do all that all of that depression and that suicidal stuff like that's where it's all coming from I mean you have a lot of stuff going on at once I think ultimately like it's amazing what you're going through and a great time of your life because but you know I think that it's you couldn't though have gotten to the place where you're going to be which I think eventually is going to be like a wonderful place um, without going through this part, this is like the way it happens. It's just reality. It's like not yeah, the and movies you said that, that you just come out and it's like great. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what I love about this podcast. Yeah, the fact that you can see the shit. I'm willing to air the shit out of a goal of helping others. Because in a lot of ways, it was pantyhose that drew me here. Right. And then it was like it ultimately isn't even about that anymore. And in fact, like I'm at a point now where like of all the psychological things that we just talked about together like yeah. i was on an app and i was talking with a guy getting emotionally whipped up the guy's very intellectual just very into yeah um just things like that where i feel like i'm like oh, you 
like I could like this guy, right? I really like this guy. I really want to meet him for coffee or beer. Let's go, you know, this and the other. And then like literally I looked at his profile again and I saw the words of Barry. Oh. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck. And like, so it hit me like a ton of bricks. But again, like, because I've been kind of doing some of the, and, and it's just intro level in this therapy. I'm just starting it. But like, I'm already seeing this where it's like, okay, great. I have this feeling of usually let down in the moment. But I just clearly communicated. And it's like, hey, man, I got to pull back a little bit. I just have an ethic, you know, this, that, and the other. And he was like, totally one, respectful. He respected the situation. Two, you know, he still wants to meet up for, you know, coffee, but also like we did it in a way where it's not going to be like late in the evening. Yeah. And, you know, he was providing me some space reciprocally. And, you know, worst case situation, you know, like he could potentially be somebody that, since he is intellectual and has like awesome professional, he might know somebody that would be a good hookup for me or a good right. connection. But that could be, it's, and that could be a friend, quote unquote. And know. so instead of just writing this person off and say, yeah. fuck you, you know, I'm out of here or like blowing my load on him proverbially of just saying, you know what, like I'm this prude or I'm this righteous person. I took a breath and just said, you know what, I just need to be clear and crisp and just say, Hey man, this just isn't going to work for me. I need to take a couple steps back, but let's still, you know, try to find yeah, something. Cause you like from. other parts of him. And I think that that's really good because maybe that'll help with that sort of judgy part of you. That sort of makes these like blank, like you see things in that kind of promiscuous, pr- what is the fucking word I was say? Like those promiscuous sort of guys, like you see it a certain way. If you just like always ax them out and never, you know, got to know them, like you could just live in judgment, you know, whereas maybe if you get to know him and you talk to him, like maybe you could understand it more. Not to say that you will ever change and be that way, right? That's not what it's about. Exactly. But it's about maybe just opening up to understanding those kind of people. And then you'll be more apt to be able to just, you know, sort of know who those people are, know what your capability is with them and, you know, and find the ones you're really look, looking for. And I think there's nothing greater than, I think people, the worst thing to do is send out mixed messages like to the universe. Like, oh, I don't want a guy that's like married, but yeah, the next day you're fucking blowing a guy that's married. You know what I mean? The more you say no to what you don't want and you have that line, I think that's fucking great because like, you know exactly what you want. And I think when you put that out there, like you will eventually find a clean cut guy that happens to be gay that is very monogamous too, like you are. That ex- totally exists. Okay, I know exactly. guys like that. Um, and it's good that, like I said, you're not sending out the mixed messages. But I think that you need more friends in the gay community. That will be really helpful for you. And it's great that you're still meeting up with the guy. Yep. If you're blowing him two days from now, you know, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, that is the other thing, too. Guys, how to blow other guys. Because, right. So it's like, They're it's, really just, and it's it. fucking hot. It's fucking hot. Like, <laughs> I'll, 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 sorry, ladies. The yes, better. the ladies that have really like, you know, probably done a lot. Of course, they're amazing. Um, There's and nothing like guys this guy. Know what's up. And what about guys making out up. with a guy? You like that? Fucking hot. Right. And actually, the th- like, there, you know, maybe let's do a quick. Yeah, the 2018. I'm like a fan of like you know, quick top things. Like, yeah, I want to give you some quick shots of just things that I was like misconceptions that I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think I was gonna like guys with hair. Yeah, love it. Oh, love, interesting. Love okay. Uh, oh, I thought I would want like a fit muscular guy and actually i'm kind of weirdly falling for not chubs but like just i'm okay with a little bit more of a huskier guy because yeah. to hold somebody like that is like very hot, hot in a lot yeah. of ways i like that um, i not, like a thicker guy i'm not necessarily into bears per se because that's right. usually like hairy and big but like yeah. i'm not saying like I w- i'm more open to that for mm-hmm. sure than than you would have thought yeah uh-huh. making out with a guy that either has a mustache or a beard like 
a mustache too will kind of a turn off, but like a beard is a turn off. Hot, and I talked about that. Interesting. Um, and I would say that I was also kind of turned off originally thinking like, you know, I like, I like seeing kind of a, a trimmed person down, you know, downstairs, you know, the groin area, but like, I'm, I'm comfortable if they're a little bit growing down there more than I thought I would be, man. I'm like, you know, with women, it was like, I always like for sure. Right. right. Um, but when it comes to guys, you well, want them to be like a guy. It is. It's kind of weird. It's like, and, and, and like being accepting of that. That's what I guess I'm trying to articulate is you live in this kind of fantasy life as a repressed gay and you think you know everything because you've mastered your perversion. Yeah. But then you come out and you're forced to live it out in the world at the age of your 30s where you have kind of a highly functioning attitude. This is the yeah. weird fucked up shit. And you're just like, well, That's I was wrong there. I was wrong there. I was wrong there. I was wrong there. I thought I was a topple wrong there you know it's just yeah that's like, great that's God, interesting like, really interesting shit and like the pantyhose fetish in a lot of ways kind of fallen away right and so I... that would be like one of the pieces that i would articulate to people is like I'm not saying a fetish is like the cause or correlation like definitely people turn on to me like when i see a woman shirt and tights like yeah. fuck dude i'm gonna go fuck her in like two seconds but like overall i still want to romance them for right. sure have you had um, sex with any women since no okay. I, I and and i don't think I don't want to pull, like after the emotional Kathy that I did. Yeah. I think that's going to be a tough to ever do. Right. Uh, because just the amount of upfront negotiation as a, a nerd that I, that I am, I literally would talk this girl out of ever wanting to. Right. Put it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but do you miss uh, it? I mean, that's my last yeah, question. Do you for miss sure. it? Sure. There really? is a much, I'll just be like, this is, you know, I do believe that the design of a man and a woman is much more natural. Right. We're like, you have natural lubrication, you know, right, the whole right, right. dick is much more natural. Yeah. Much as, like, there's all of this stuff that I'm just... Is, like, it's like the perfect puzzle. Yes. Right. And it's like, not that I'm trying to shove, you know, a round peg in a square hole, but really kind of it. Like, where if you're going out on a date and you really are... and. I, you know, if I was to be in the relationship, for example, you know, you douche or whatever. Like, even just that whole concept is before going out on a date. Like, and then, like, having to lube up. Like, everything just takes so much longer. You can't really just be in the moment. Fuck. And it's right. like... Interesting. It's just super interesting. And somebody like me that's so linear thinking, it's like... It is. It, it does kind of impact my sexual kind of hotness. Like, um... And two, like, guys are just so much into, like, taking, like, substance. So, like, they'll do, like, you definitely tell one of dudes on Viagra because, like, they'll just stay hard for, like, the whole fucking time. And you're like, that is weird. Like, right. But, and, like, then also, too, when they're on Viagra, there's a lot of times they won't be able to come. That's another discovery I had, which is, like, when they're on Viagra, you know, that. Or they'll get, like, a headache right. you know, when they're on it. And they just kind of get out of the mood. And it, there's no fucking... How many fucking... guys? Wait. How many guys... Have you been with since you started hooking up with guys? Do you think? Probably you like count? fifteen. Okay, that's a lot. Is it? Well, no. I, but I don't I mean, know. I, I don't no, like I mean, well, because it's only been for like this year. Like in this year, you've been fifteen. I I don't think it's, you know, it's not like three. It's like fifteen. I don't think it's bad. I think it's great. Yeah. And like I, I I'm a I, I don't really bottom with guys. It's more of just like, but I will tell you the other discovery. Kind of hit these hot shots. Pheromones are fucking for real, yeah. and so you know, like when somebody was like telling me, like when you know, I would even say my you know ex-wife like was very close to me. 
like it was just like it was revved up and i never got that way around limit but right. with the right guy and i would say that it's not every guy i would say that one in three guys pheromones start oh my god like it's just like Velcro. I have chemistry, to be fucking attacked. Chemistry, yeah, uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. And that is something that I never felt. And With you know, women? All, you can watch, yeah, with women. And you oh, can't watch enough gay porn. You can't watch enough gay porn to get, like, there's no pheromone-inducing virtual reality. Yeah, that no, 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 there. that feeling. Because it's so, like, like a feeling, you physical feeling you get. It is fucking crazy. It's like electricity. That to, me is the ma- that, to me, is the magic of, like, why I believe that, you know, and I, I'm right not going to preach... I'm not going to preach any religious part of this, but I will say that in, you know, the creation of humanity, um, I'm willing to forego a little bit of the biological of fucking women to be in alignment with my biological sense of pheromones and chemistry. Because in my opinion, I value the chemistry and romance right. above, you know, fucking a, a hot woman in a short black skirt fucking hot and i'm gonna fuck her but like you know that for my health and for you know her health even like to be a better citizen of this globe i need to do what do what's in alignment with what i am and being an accepted that to me is really the three minute pitch on why you know even talking through you know with you on this and now for the second time i think that's been very helpful and therapeutic for me to recognize and accept let me ask you this. Did you have that kind of electricity, chemistry thing with that guy? Oh, my God. That's what I think allowed me to take an eight-and-a-half-inch stick. Right, because you were just so horny for him. Because he was not, and again, like, I hoped, God, he doesn't ever listen to this, but, like, <laughs> you know, because he's I'm not, like, the most voice. in shape. Yeah. And, you know, it's not not the most in shape person yeah. or, you know, his doesn't speak like one of the things that i have the privilege of is when i have i can hide behind and i am masculine yeah so i don't necessarily have flamboyant personality traits i can yeah i would um, never I you do don't th- talk like you're gay you know what i mean like uh, yeah and but he does a little bit more than yeah and it, i'm not saying it's unfortunate and stuff but right. like i still was just turned on to him you know i still am in a lot of ways and i always will be i mean they talk about it in that book about how that first romance always stick with me. i completely fucking um no and don't count him out you might get back with him who knows maybe that's an unfinished business i do hope so i mean because i think there's definitely potential there because i think Um, it was premature for you guys to end it i think you guys both ended it for the wrong reasons um and i hope when you go back to him soon sooner than later that uh you know you guys yeah. maybe give it another go. So you'll have to give me an update then too and let me know how it goes. But this is a great sure. update. It's like really interesting um, to watch stories go along. For sure. And one topic that I think is important, you know, when you talked about like you shouldn't necessarily listen to like an Alcoholics Anonymous yeah. sponsor 100, yeah. I would ascribe to that because professional therapists, because again, this was not all me. Like I had a yeah. T- yeah. The professional therapist, I just was starting with you. Dude, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like, you should not have listened. Yeah. Because actually, it was providing you good things as well that you yeah. didn't Yeah. Yeah. Especially someone. And that was not being. Yeah. I don't, uh, don't, don't always, just always keep, 
like listen, listen i think it's great to have support groups and like i said i think those kind of um places are great for people but you don't have to buy into everything to think that they're good or to you know um if something doesn't feel right that they're saying you don't have to follow them like a fucking sheep you know what i mean like it's like yeah. it, because everyone's life is different you cannot make a, a a rule and everyone has to follow it you know there's always going to be outliers there's always going to be different th- and that's okay and um <laughs> Uh, so I'm glad that your therapist let you know that. And I think, you know, when you do meet up with him again and you talk with him, like you let him know those things, you know, and let him know that you did the wrong thing and have that good conversation. Maybe you'll be back with him and you'll have to let me know. I will. And, uh, thanks again to have this outlet. It's been very, both therapeutic fun and, no, it's for great. Sure, like, Don't fucking kill yourself. You're better, right? Like you're better. Like I, I am just, better. Okay. Like you know, I just always feel like life. Like if you could look back five years from now, like you will look at this time and really realize that it was such a pivotal, great time in your life that brought on really great things. So just if you're ever in the moment where you feel like sort of hopeless and things aren't going to change, I know that that's like a fucking crazy place to be and you almost can't think properly. But before you get to that really bad place just remember that you know it'll pass and you and and things are going to be good and you're doing the right thing and 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 it's all good i couldn't agree more and and i hope that anybody that's listening to this like your feelings are validated if you are to that point i don't even want to bring up the word again but if if your feelings are validated by me i've been there but there is a gap between ideation and action right and make sure you have that gap i was blessed to have a big gap my ideation and action right if you know yourself and you have a lower gap or a lower moat between your ideation and action please get help call me right get help though like right. it doesn't matter just fucking get help right and so um, now anyone this world that, is better with you right and so anyone that's googled this and saw like and listened to this because maybe you recently came out of the closet or you're young and you know you're gay and you haven't yet but you you know and you want to get in touch with marco send me an email at strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com and i'll send it along to him is that cool awesome Thank all right you. thanks sure. so much for calling in this was so interesting it's going to be like its own podcast because we talked for so long but it's a good update yeah, for sure. Thanks, Kathy. Appreciate pleasure. it. Good luck with everything. Bye. All right. Bye now. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.